On today's Blue Bay Insights podcast, we welcome back Portfolio Manager Tim Leary to update on high yield and leveraged finance markets with a special focus on the subject of liquidity. Prior to becoming a Portfolio Manager, Tim held the role of Head of Leverage Finance Trading North America here at Blue Bay, so he's particularly well placed to comment on today's topic in focus. Hi Tim, welcome back to the podcast. Hi Anna, thanks for having me. Let's start with the composition of the asset class. How does the global high yield universe break down in terms of the US-European split? Are there any notable differences between the two regions that investors should be aware of? The global high yield corporate bond market is just over $2.5 trillion in market value. 53% of the issuers in that benchmark are domiciled in the US, 22% are in Europe, with the remaining 25% in EM regions. What many people find surprising is how much overlap there is between global and U.S. high-yield markets. 80% of the global high-yield benchmark is denominated in U.S. dollars, and most of the market makers are in the United States and trade during U.S. hours. Thanks to a combination of record capital markets activity and an increase in fallen angels, the U.S. high-yield market is now just over $1.4 trillion in size, but only 87% of the issuers are actually domiciled in the United States. As you might expect, most of the fallen angels that have entered the benchmark are large multinational corporations with global supply chains. So in many respects, the U.S. high yield market is more global now than it ever has been. And what percentage of the U.S. high yield market trades enough to be considered liquid? That's an interesting question and one that we factor into our investment process. By using trace market flow data on Bloomberg, you can see a transparent data set for what actually trades within the U.S. high yield market on a day-to-day -day basis. When you dig in, you'll find that over a typical three-month period, the top 50 most active bond issuers make up about 40% of the overall high-yield bond volume. To put that in perspective, there are 833 different issuers in the U.S. high-yield benchmark. Now, that said, J.P. Morgan estimates that the high-yield market's average daily trading volumes have increased 30% in the first half of 2020 during an incredibly volatile period in markets. Taken together, that indicates that your portfolio's liquidity actually improved if you were fortunate enough to own the bonds that it actually traded. Many of our strategies allow for investors to subscribe and redeem daily, inasmuch it's important for us to be able to transact in the market when they do. Liquidity cuts both ways, and it can be just as difficult to deploy capital in a strong market as it is to raise cash in a weak one. By focusing on bonds that trade in the market on most days, we aim to reduce liquidity risk and increase price transparency. Our underwriting process will always be the engine that drives performance, but by owning bonds that trade, we aim to ensure there's always an off-ramp when investment runs low on gas. In terms of active versus passive investing, how significant is the ETF portion of the universe? High-yield ETF trading activity increased 62% in the first half of 2020. While we don't invest in ETFs directly, we do benefit from their presence in the market. ETFs contribute to daily buy and sell inquiry based on their fund flows and their share, premium, or discount to NAV. That tends to drive price volatility, which can lead to attractive entry points or exit points, depending on the day. And as an active manager yourself, how do you define liquidity? A bond that has multiple market makers that can be sold for cash in a reasonably short period of time. Tim, did you learn anything from the coronavirus crisis period about best practice liquidity management or anything that particularly surprised you as a seasoned investor? Our focus on minimizing transaction costs and focusing on core investments during the sell-off serve as well. Oftentimes, our patience and reliance on our underwriting process allowed us to be comfortable on the investments that we made, and we didn't feel the need to transact as the market went down. Rather, we were able to add names that we see value in at lower levels. 
To conclude today's podcast, could you give us a quick liquidity outlook for the asset class and some positioning highlights as we approach the final quarter of the year? Sure. In our view, the asset class will continue to grow and market participation will continue to spread to new types of investors. And that'll be a tailwind for liquidity. More and more bonds will trade on electric trading platforms in larger sizes and that adds transparency. Fund managers have more products to choose from, whether it's cash or CDX or ETFs or TRS and better resources to track those markets, thanks to strategists like Aaron Weinstein and Nelson Jansen and JP Morgan, who I should add, were helpful in providing some of the data discussed today. The net effect is a high yield asset class that we believe will be more transparent and transactional, and most importantly, adds value. Tim, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today. My pleasure. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP, which is authorized and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the FCA only and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except for suitant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials the offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office, 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K 3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay Group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.